Welcome back, my sweet listeners, to another transformative episode of the Business of Inner Peace. Today, I'm going to delve deep into the realm of self-discovery and healing as I talk to you about my own personal experiences with this, and we'll explore those profound concepts of inner child work and breaking free from subconscious patterns. Basically, I love to look at life as a tapestry that is being woven through experiences. Some are joyous, others are very challenging, but what if I told you that the key to understanding and overcoming these challenges lies within yourself, your inner child, that essence of our true authentic selves. It's at the core of our emotional being, holding memories, beliefs, and emotions that shape our present reality. So let's go and jump in to the reality of my week. Welcome to the Business of Inner Peace. I'm your host, Erin Jean, and I'm so glad you're here. Let's pretend we're sitting in my living room enjoying a cup of coffee or tea and getting to know each other just a little better. That's what I love. I love getting to hear your story. I love feeling connected by the spirit of understanding that our stories bring. Today, I'm sharing some of my story, but I hope someday soon you'll be telling me yours. Listen, I know that you're feeling overwhelmed with life and nothing is exactly how you'd like it to be. Your marriage is not what you hoped for. Motherhood is harder than you imagined and you've lost yourself somewhere in the mix of responsibilities. Well, if you're ready to bring some more peace and joy into your life, reconnect with God who made you and start living a life you love, then grab your cup of coffee or tea and let's dive into today's show. Hey there, this is Erin Jean. And today's episode is going to be a little different in that I'm just going to talk. I'm just going to talk about what's going on in my life currently, let you know how I'm processing it. And I'm going to trust and believe that you are going to get something from it. (laughs) Normally, I sort of plan out my podcast episodes and I really have a vision of where I'm going with it and what I want to share with you. But today it's just so raw and real and fresh. I just wanted to show up and be me and be honest about what I'm facing and really just going to trust this intuition I have in recording this that it's going to be helpful to someone. And that's really the goal. That's the goal of this whole podcast is that you're going to walk away with something that helps you in your daily life. So where do I want to start with this? I think I want to give you a little bit of background into me and into my childhood. I've mentioned little things here and there, but I want to tell you the story a little bit more today. So when I was a little girl, I was molested by my cousin, and he was the son of one of my mom's sisters. My mom has two sisters, and he was one of the sister's sons. 
This cousin was also molesting my other cousin, who is the daughter from the other sister. And initially, everything was like this big secret where nobody really knew. My cousin and I, the two of us that were being molested, would talk to each other. But part of um, our cousin's strategy in being a predator was to threaten us, obviously, if we told anyone. He had a lot of threats about what he would do to our families and for me, to my pets, which I just loved my dogs. So that was really scary as a six-year-old girl. And um, eventually, he, he had greater access to my other cousin. Eventually, she was really hurting and needed to tell her mom what was going on. And the secret was a secret no longer. And um, our parents found out. And as you can imagine, it destroyed this family. That's a really hard thing, right? As I sit and think about it as an adult, imagining how difficult this would be to have, you know, your sibling's kid hurting your child in this way. It just seems incredibly difficult. And as I tell this story, I know that all of the adults involved just did their best. They did their best with a really difficult situation, one that they had never been in before and one that no one could have prepared them for. That being said, I would say it was the aftermath of like what happened within the larger family dynamic and even some of the things that happened in my own family dynamic that really is just what made it difficult when I look back at it now, it honestly doesn't even feel like the actual act of being molested was the thing that was so hard and hurtful. It really was this aftermath that was incredibly painful and very hard to understand as a small child. And I, I all of this got wired into me when we're talking about subconscious programming as feeling like I didn't have a lot of worth and feeling like I was unlovable and definitely feeling like the caretaking of everyone's feelings in my family was my responsibility. And that program got wired into my body and into my being as safety as what I needed to keep doing in life to survive. It's a very hard thing to understand, but that really is how the subconscious mind works. And so I've been working my way out of this and I've been working on rewiring these programs. And yesterday I received a text from my mother that was a trigger to all of these little girl feelings coming up. My parents are starting to age and they are having 
a lot of serious health problems. They've been having these challenges for over a year now. It all started last summer when we really needed to get all of our siblings together and start talking through how do we care for mom and dad and face the reality that we are nearing the end of their life here on this planet. And so that's just hard no matter what, right? But the truth is I've got some unhealthy parents and basically since every human out there is not healthy, (laughs) I imagine that you do too. The unhealthiness of my mom and dad shows up in my mom dealing with depression, like huge bouts of depression the majority of my life. I don't know if she's ever been officially diagnosed with anything, but I've done a lot of therapy and I've talked to a lot of counselors and therapists and all they've been able to say to me is, we suspect that your mom is either bipolar or manic depressive or maybe even a personality disorder. Um, The word narcissist has been thrown around. And so all of those things are helpful in some way, but in other ways, since we don't have any official diagnosis, not helpful. But the bottom line is my mom's brain probably doesn't function in the best way. And much of my childhood was spent with a mom laying on a couch and not interacting with me. And that was really hard and painful. And it kind of affirmed that message of feeling like I wasn't worthy of love or like I had to fix things because I really felt like my mom being that way was my fault. And I was always trying to figure out how to fix it how to behave or act differently or say something different that would make her snap out of it. And obviously I never could, (laughs) but you never stop trying, especially when these things are really deeply programmed into you. My dad, on the other hand, his way to deal with this was to not talk about it. He tried to distract us kids a lot when he was home, which wasn't a lot because he was a firefighter. But when he was home, he played with us. He was very active as a parent in our lives. My memories are of my dad making my lunches, my dad taking me to and from school, my dad braiding my hair, my dad playing hide and seek with me. So all of those things are really fun, but it's kind of interesting when you look back, go, wow, like where was my mom? (laughs) Well, she was sleeping on the couch. Um, and maybe she wasn't really always, but that's the predominant memory that I have. And my dad has this very unhealthy codependency. He just loves my mom so much and he becomes this wild defender of her. If anyone tries to point toward the truth of what's wrong and in one moment when you have him alone, He can talk with you really rationally and logically and acknowledge these problems within my mom's personality. But then 
the other side of this is that once he's back with my mom, he is kind of not rational anymore and defends her till the end. And there's this other dynamic happening where I think you've been able to put two and two together by now. I'm very, very empathetic. (laughs) I'm an empath and I feel everything. I feel everyone's feelings around me, including my own. And it's taken me a long time to separate out those two things. It's also taken me a long time to really see this as the gift from God that it is and that it has value. But I grew up hearing a lot that I was too sensitive, that I should stop crying, and so on and so on. And because of my sensitivity and my abilities, I've often been the person within our family that tries to have us talk about problems, whether it's one-on-one with each individual parent or rarely, but sometimes collectively as a family, I've tried to be that person. And as a result, I tend to also be the person that at least it feels like my mom will say really hurtful things to me because I guess she feels safe with me to be that way. I don't really know, but that's what happened this week. I sent a text just checking in and the response that I got back really shocked me and it hurt me and it threw me in to guess what victim mode. (laughs) Oh yeah. It threw me into all of my programming and deep within my programming is being the victim. Like that is a very huge part of my programming. So I went into victim mode and I was upset and, um, trying to process all of that. Well, lo and behold, as the day went on yesterday, I started to feel worse and worse and worse, actually physically, not, not just emotionally, but physically I began having severe body aches, headaches, um, fever, just really feeling terrible. And I knew that this was clearly connected to what was going on with my parents. And so once I got home and I was able to, I started doing some work around this that I know how to support myself with. One of the tools I reached for It's called the emotion code, and it's basically a way to identify emotions that are trapped in your body and release them. And one of the emotions that came up was heartache. In fact, it was the first emotion that came up was heartache. I did uh, what's what you're supposed to do to help clear it, asked if it was cleared, Um, I'm using muscle testing through all of this. So that's a whole nother episode if you've never heard about muscle testing, but basically got back that it wasn't cleared and there was more I needed to know. And so that's when I sat with my little girl, literally just climbed in bed, 
got into the fetal position and started having a conversation with myself, which I know can sound a little crazy, but I'm telling you what, it's so helpful. I asked myself how old I thought I was. And the answer I got back was around four. And I just started validating how I thought four-year-old me probably felt and the heartache that she had with a mom that's just always laying on the couch. And the tears just started pouring in. I mean, I was sobbing. I was just sobbing, sobbing, sobbing. And testament to my amazing husband and how much he has changed and how much our relationship has changed. He came into the bedroom to check on me because I had told him I just wasn't feeling good and I was going to go lay down. And he just came and laid right next to me and rubbed my back and just let me cry and cry and cry. When I finally felt like I had gotten it out, he just asked if there was anything he could do and did his best to take care of me in that moment. And he just was so good and so sweet at holding space for me to just be sad, which is what I needed to do in that moment. So I felt like I got a layer of it off. Then I was able to do another round of testing, looking for trapped emotions. And, oh gosh, let me see if I can remember. I think it was the emotion of um, lack of self-confidence is what came up, which describes me to a T, um, for most of my life. And so I was able to do the process to release that, that released right away. Then I went to two of my favorite books to look up physical things that are happening in your body and the emotions that are connected. So, um, The first one I went to, it's by Louise Hay, and I'll put a link in the show notes for this. It's called Heal Your Body. And so I looked up what was going on in my body. And the first thing I looked up was hips because my joints and my hips especially were hurting so badly. And it says that the hips carry the body in perfect balance and a major thrust in moving forward. And then she always offers a really fun affirmation. So the affirmation for it is hip, hip, hooray. There is joy in every day. I am balanced and free. So I just said that with hands over heart. Then the next one that I looked up, I went to, there's an actual like a diagram of the spine because my lower back was really hurting and that pointed me towards the sacrum. So the sacrum, it says that it's a loss of power and it's old, stubborn anger. That really hit home for me. Um, And so the beautiful affirmation with that is I am the power and authority in my life. I release the past and claim my good now. And I started seeing a theme right there with this releasing of the past. So I just want to point that out. The next one I looked up was fever because I was having a fever. 
That one says anger and burning up. And the affirmation that she offers is I am the cool, calm expression of peace and love. That one's so nice. I am the cool, calm expression of peace and love. Then I went to my other favorite book, which I talked to you about in the last episode or two. I think it was the last episode. Um, The Feelings Buried Alive Never Die by Carol Truman. And she's got all of her ailments in the back. So I went and looked them up from her too, just to get another piece of input. Um, So for her with fever, it says feelings of anger, unable to be expressed, feelings of resistance, emotionally burning up about something, being affected by lack of order and holding on to the past. So this anger has come up twice already and holding on to the past has come up twice. So I was really paying attention to that. And then I went and looked up hips in her book and it says, fears making major decisions, has nothing to look forward to, lack of emotional and physical self-support. And here's what really hit me spot on hip joint because it was really like my joints that were aching not wanting to accept present experiences. And that felt really true. Like I really do not want to accept this reality with my mom and dad. (laughs) I won't go into all the details, but essentially my mom and dad don't really want their children to help them during this time. And they've told us repeatedly as they've been hospitalized to stay away. And that has been so hard, particularly on my little girl, because she is hearing the message, I do not love you. And though that may not be the actual message they're intending to send, I want to acknowledge what my little girl is hearing and the pain that she's having through all of it. Now, the other cool thing about the um, Carol K. Truman book is that you can go and find out, right? So to me, anger was the very clear emotion that was being present. And I went and looked up anger and then it gives you the opposite of anger. Let me find it here on the list. Angry. So the opposite would be to forgive, love, peaceful, calm, and merciful. And so I immediately took that information. I went right into the part of her book where she's got the script and I just claimed all of those things that I am forgiving and I am loving and I am peaceful. That helped me to release another layer of all of this. And then the next step I did is I went and took a lovely Epsom salt bath and I put in some of my favorite essential oils. I put in a blend called balance, which is great for grounding. I put in, um, oh gosh, why can I not remember the name right now? I'm not remembering the name, but it is really good for 
clearing and moving emotions in the body. It's also really good for circulation. I'll come back to that when it comes to me. Oh, cypress. Haha, <laughs> my brain found it already. I put cypress in. Cypress is really good for movement in the body from circulation um, standpoint, but also with feelings as well, helping you to move through emotions. And um, that was just lovely. I took a lovely bath. And as I laid in the bath, so much of the pain began to lift from me. And I had this little idea in my head. I had this idea that I would, instead of responding to my mom, I would write a text to my dad (laughs) and I would tell him that I'm no longer available to talk with my mom because I don't feel safe talking with her, emotionally safe. And so here are my concerns and I would just tell them to my dad. And I sat with that for a moment. One of the things I love about water this is a scientific truth, is water has memory. Water can actually change under a microscope and it can change with emotions, which is really cool. There's so much fun data out there. But as I sat in that water and really allowed it to wash over me, it came to me that I was just returning to another pattern. And that pattern is the pattern of going to my dad, trying to reason with my father to make things better because my mom is not historically a safe place or a reasonable place when things are difficult. And I just had to laugh because I, I realized pretty quick, ah, look at me. I'm just trying to go into another pattern. And so in that bath, I just was able to talk to my little girl again and reassure her that we would not be repeating old patterns, that I was actually going to be the adult that shows up to handle the situation and that she doesn't have to worry and that she is loved and she has worth. And I also validated her feelings of having heartache. Of course you would have heartache. Of course you would be angry and realizing that all of these emotions in my body were pointing to me being stuck in the past. And where is the past? It's gone. It does not exist. And I just am ready to release another layer of the past. And often when you're doing this work, some people call it an ego death. Some people call it up leveling. No matter what you call it, the reality is as you do this work, you will most likely hit a point where things are painful and You have to just allow the pain, accept it, and be ready to move forward. And I claimed in that bath for myself, I decreed and declared that I am no longer a victim 
that I'm not a victim of my parents' actions, nor am I a victim of the past, and that I am being called to a higher level. I am being called to a greater way of existing and being, and that I will rise to the occasion. I will shift out of my victimhood and I will rise to what it is that God is calling me to. There's a reason that God chose me to be in this family. And there's a reason that he's allowed every bit of it. And I believe God and his promise that he works all things together for my good and that he has given me a hope and a future and that he wants to prosper me. So I drained that bathwater feeling much better. I went and just rested for the rest of the evening. And then today I had such a cool conversation with my husband about all of it. I literally told him all of this that I was, you know, trying to break some patterns and tend to my little girl and love on her and try to change the way things have been and do something different. He actually had a beautiful analogy for my mind. If you've ever seen, um, oh gosh, now I'm going to forget the name of the movie. Anyhow, there's a movie out there about dreams. We'll see if it comes to me as I'm talking. And in the movie, there's like different levels of dreams. You keep going down each level and there's a couple like at the very bottom level and they're just, that's like the only place they can be together, but it's not reality. And he said, that's your mom and dad. They are down on the fifth level, building their own world, surrounded by chaos and it's not reality. And that is really the truth. That helped me a lot to say, oh, what a great analogy. You are correct. He also helped me today to process through some of my thoughts and intentions and drafting up a text back to my mom and dad and just really for myself, not expecting any response, but standing in my own power to say, I don't, I don't appreciate how you're speaking to me. And in the future, a text like this would be better if it was directed at all of your children, instead of just singling me out, because that's how it felt. (laughs) And, um, I just stated the facts of my perspective and the facts of the situation. And who knows what that will produce. I have no expectations of it producing anything, but it helped me to continue this process of rewiring my own subconscious programming, my own inner child work here, because your inner child will not stop wanting to run these programs until they believe you that you are going to be the person that actually keeps them safe. And I am continually doing my best to show up as the adult 
that is going to keep my little girl safe from here on out. So hopefully some of that's been helpful for you. Maybe you've had something that was similar in your own life that you can draw from this. I think if you were going to walk away with anything, I just want you to really hear and understand that your inner child is running much of the programming of your day, your decisions, your life. And if you are not happy with what is in your present reality, the harsh truth is whatever you are getting or not getting, you are asking for that because what you focus on grows And there is a reason that God takes, tells us to take every thought captive and to renew our mind because as humans, we have this thing called preoccupation where we get so focused and hung up on the past or the future. And we really struggle to stay present in reality. And there's really no other creature on this planet that does that. Animals are present with their reality. If there is a gazelle eating in the Sahara and suddenly a lion shows up, all of that energy gets sent to her legs and she takes off running to preserve her life, to escape the lion. And if she's successful, And we see her the very next day eating grass and we say, wow, can you believe that lion yesterday? She is going to say, what lion? What are you talking about? I don't see a lion because animals just have the present happening for them. They do not have preoccupation and chances are your thought process is being spent the majority of your time in the past or in the future. And I'm encouraging you to do this work so that you can be more in the present and enjoying what God has given you here and now. So I love you, sweet friend. If you are ready to work with me, then I'm ready to work with you. There's lots of ways you can get in touch with me. They are all out there in the show notes. I would love to see you in our next round of my 90 day course, the business of inner peace, where I help women transform their marriages without involving their husbands. And you can go to bit.ly slash Aaron Jean course for that. It's B I T dot L Y backslash Aaron Jean course. I sure love you, sweet friend. Make it a great day. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you're feeling blessed by the content here, the number one way you can show me is by leaving me a written review of the show. I'd be forever grateful knowing that you're out there listening helps me know that I'm truly living out God's purpose in my life. The other thing you can do take a screenshot of this episode, share it with a friend, or better yet, tag me on your Instagram stories. Remember, you are seen, known, and loved. May God richly bless you today 
All My Love, Erin Jean. <laughs> <laughs>